Okay, so welcome to this uh, Isacos uh, postcard. I am uh, very pleased today to uh, discuss uh, with uh, one of uh, our giants in uh, Isacos, Professor Moises Cohen. He is uh, working in uh, Sao Paulo and uh, is uh, one of the most uh, famous orthopedic surgeons not only in Brazil, not only in Latin America, but all around the world. I am uh, Philippe Nere. I'm from uh, Lyon, and uh, I uh, I have really uh, the, the great pleasure to interview this uh, today, uh, Moises. Moises, I have several questions to ask you, and uh, I, I, I hope uh, you will enjoy this uh, discussion. In which circumstances uh, did you join ISACOS? Hi, Philippe. First of all, thank you so much from ISACOS to invited me to consider me a giant. I'm not a giant, a very small tall. <laughs> and uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for your kind words, Philippe. Actually, in which circumstance I joined uh, ISACOS? I tell you, it twice in 1995 uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, during the Congress of International Knee Society and uh, the International Arthroscopy Association, and the measure of them creating the International Society of the Knee, uh, of uh, Arthroscopy, Knee Surgery, and Tropedic Sports Medicine, I mean, ISACOS. I understood at that time, Philip, that a new and strong society was created. And after that, I tried to follow ISACOS in their all events. I became member since the ISACOS beginning. And in 1997, uh, the first official ISACOS Congress was in, in Buenos, Buenos Aires, Aires, Argentina. And that gave me the opportunity and the power together with some Latin American friends. And also I cannot forget Ramon Cougar from Spain, Barcelona to found SLARD a Latin American Society of Arthroscopy, Knee and Sports Medicine. That's I started my story, history, starting with uh, Isacus, and I never left it. Moises, what position give you the opportunity to play a role in Isacus? Yeah, this is interesting to simulate the, the, young, uh, the young boys, the young doctors, I mean. Uh, I started my participation actually uh, as uh, on a membership committee with Dr. Gary Pelling from 1997 to 1999. And that was, was the co-chair with Rolly uh, Jacob between 1999 and 2001. Uh, the idea was to involve the Latin American members. And I really dedicate myself and I could increase the Latin American members that didn't know what was ISACUS, but I worked very hard. And in the time, uh, I think that we could increase really a good number of Latin American people. And that's why Dr. Barry Teachens invited me to be the chair of the membership committee. And in this way, I could work really and changing from 600 to almost 1200 members uh, mostly from Brazil, but most of them, South America, most of Brazil. So it was a very good time. I think that I really was very happy 
to see the result of my dedication. That is my orientation to the Latin America and all the countries to stimulate, to participate in ISACUSA, to stimulate the members of it, their country to become members. So everybody remember that uh, in uh, 2011, you welcome ISACUSA in uh, Rio. Tell us more about the impact of uh, Rio event on the Latina orthopedics community. Yes, yes, a very strong impact. I tell you, uh, it was during the presence of the unforgettable Frey Fu, and he gave me all the freedom to prepare what I would like to prepare. So I had the opportunity to organize the ISACUS Congress in Rio, and this is what's very important on Latin American community. This was tremendous. Probably we never felt to be so honored by an international society as we were in that uh, Congress. For me, what was a, a very nice experience, really, I became very glad. And I think that we could make Isakus uh, more known in Latin America. And uh, we had, including, uh, we had Cadaver Lab. And now I can tell you, Philip, I maybe two weeks before the meeting, I was afraid that I couldn't have the lab because the law in Brazil don't allow to do that. But we did in the collaboration of many friends uh, all over the country. I talked with deputies of senators in the, in the Republic and they allow me to create as a, a department of anatomy of the university in Rio in the, the convention center. And we had those who were prepared, and it was fantastic. So it's experience, and I thank very much the opportunity to make this in Brazil. When uh, I uh, listen to you, there is absolutely, Moises, uh, no doubt that you are a strong supporter of Isacos. Why this dedication to Isacos? Look, Philip. I love this society since its beginning. And why? I consider in our field, the only one real international society where all members respect each other, independent on uh, the country, the language, and uh, where we feel home in any part of the world. That's I felt in Isaco since the beginning. Very different of the other difference, another international society are international, but not universal like Isaku is. So uh, what happened that I could see many, many Japanese, Chinese, Latin American, others, they could show his production, his papers, his researches, and was difficult sometimes to understand the language, but each other make a reinforcement to make, to understand it really uh, just make me very, very glad. And suddenly I could know and discuss with many famous like you names that I just met in books and papers. This was impressive for me and all the world was involved in this society. And I, what I say that uh, I'm, I'm not just, I'm just not inside Isakos uh, like a member, but I tell you the truth, Isakos is inside me. That is my thinking. That's why I dedicate, and that's why I thank so much the Isakus and everything that Isakus gave to me, including you, Freddie, and many other friends that we made during this Isakus. 
Moises, you were practicing and still practice in one of the best uh, private institutions in Latin America when you became a professor. What were your motivation to become a professor like this? Uh, actually, I, I always liked the academic uh, career. I had the opportunity to work uh, an academic institution that was a that is the Federal University of Sao Paulo, where I could develop my researches and to be involved with the student residents and academic progression was my goal. And there, I did my master degree, PhD, free professor, full professor, and chief of the department. So I uh, did everything, all the the, the steps to uh, get in my academic uh, career. So I work in the private, I work in the best hospital of Latin America that is uh, Hospital Albert Einstein. And I think that uh, gave, gave me the opportunity to work in both sides. It's not easy to develop an academic career, studying, researching, giving lecture classes for everybody, and also to have the private clinic that where I, I make my life and make my money. So I am very happy because I could get uh, in both sides a success that I tell you, I got them, but I never dream. I mean, I live in reality that I never dreamed before. Tell me and tell us uh, how and why you became a, an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah, <laughs> my career, <laughs> It started in 1984 when I went to learn uh, the atroscopy technique. In that time, was starting in, in South America, and the big, the nice, and the the most important place worldwide in that time was in uh, Columbus, Georgia, and I went to two places to make my first traveling fellowship in '84. First, I went to Boston in my general hospital with Dr. Dinesh Patel, was an Indian guy, very, very smart. And after that, I went to uh, Columbus, Georgia with Dr. Jimmy Andrews, probably the best surgeon that I have seen in my life. And there, uh, I really worked, I, I learned about arthroscopy and I could uh, come back to Brazil and those make the difference in my life. But uh, I think that my very important moment was when I went to Pittsburgh uh, and met there Freddie Fu, then became my, a very good friend, a brother, as you know, when you talk about that later. But I tell a very interesting uh, story when I went to, to Boston. And this is also uh, to stimulate the young guys that want to make something different. I was there, Philip, and that time uh, was difficult. I have no money. And just three months before I go, was uh, born my daughter, Karina, that you know. And just with three months age old, I went by alone, just myself. I left my wife and my two daughters in Brazil, and I went to Boston. And in Boston, very cold because my, my stage, my fellowship is starting in January. 
uh, I lived in, I rent one small room together with another person that I didn't know in that time, but I met there in Boston and was a patient of MGH, a Cuban guy, so I could speak with him in Spanish. And he was there to treat a brain tumor in MGH. And it was interesting because I was a doctor trying to make my, increase my speed, improve my knowledge. And he was a patient treating to improve his health. So it was funny because uh, after that, I met a couple there and a couple, uh, because the first weekend, the first weekend, Friday, 3 p.m., Patel told me, oh, have a nice weekend. See you Monday. And it was dark, snowing. And I was alone, just myself. I asked it to me what I'm doing here and my family in Brazil. So in that moment, I tried to go to somewhere and I looking for a synagogue. I'm Jewish, as you know. And I went somewhere where I could have anything common with me. But the snow was covering the door, so were closed. Saturday, I came again, and there was happening a bar mitzvah. And in this bar mitzvah, they invited me to go to the party downstairs in the synagogue, and I met that couple. She was resident in orthopedic, pediatric orthopedic, and he was uh, endocrinologist in pediatric too. And it was wonderful because they bet me, they went to pick, pick me up in my room and left, leave, uh, go with me to uh, have a restaurant, to know some place in Boston on Sunday. That's fine. Monday afternoon, they came back. She, uh, Meg Hall, came back to my office. My now, I mean, the office of Dinesh Patel, where I was a uh, fellow. And she bought the key of the apartment. And she gave me the key of the apartment to spend the time there. I told her, but you don't know me. And she told me, no, we are going to California. My sister will uh, marry there. I'm going to the wedge and we stay there two months. We have holidays. And that moment I really said, I already paid my first month. She went with me and we have some money back. And I spent uh, two and a half months in his apartment. So these are something that really has very, very kind for me to have to met people, those like this in worldwide. And in Columbus also, I lived with a French guy that probably you know him, that is Philippe Charret. I don't know if you know this guy, but he's from Lyon. He was from uh, your service. Uh, and uh, was interesting because he was there with me, a French guy, I didn't know him. I never met him anywhere in those uh, 30 years, almost 30 years. And that's why my story, when I started and my beginning in orthopedic and arthroscopy and knee surgeon in this moment, 1984. Moises, I, I, I think uh, we could speak uh, hours about uh, Philippe Charret, about Bacon Hill, uh, also Boston and uh, Dinesh Patel. It's uh, I think I think uh, one day we will uh, continue this uh, souvenir together because I had very similar experience uh, and I met also uh, in Birmingham uh, with uh, Jimmy Andrews, uh, uh, a Brazilian guy, and uh, I will tell you more about that. 
And uh, but let me right. continue some uh, question because we, I'm learning a lot of things. It's uh, very fascinating. Now you have a very established position, but I observe you continue to challenge yourself every day. It seems you have always new goals, new projects, Moises. Why? <laughs> Philip, I don't know why, but I tell you, I never stop. Uh, I am a non-stop guy. I'm in different space. I'm always you know, trying to innovate, looking for news in my field, in our field, researching, including specialists, residents, uh, to discuss papers and research to improve my knowledge. We need to study. We need to discuss every day with those new uh, residents and students. And this makes me uh, always in, in a good shape regarding to the knowledge in our field. Regarding to new project, we need to be always with open mind, as you know, my mind. I always ready to learn, but always also to a critical vision. I think that is important to know uh, news, innovation, innovation, news, the techniques, devices, but we need always to have a critical vision to know if it's good to continue or if it's bad to uh, stop and orient the new guys. Don't do that. Actually, the most important, the radar must be always on. I'm always on to look for new things, but to think what's better, what is worse, what is good. So with this uh, special spirit, what are uh, your next uh, professional challenges? Because you have everything, you have every position, you are, you you have uh, many uh, patients. You are what 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 uh, do you expect new now? Uh, my, I think that my challenge is to keep always the flame lighting, uh, lighting shining. I mean, uh, to continue, continue to do everything that I have been doing. I I don't think to change. Uh, my way of life. I think that I should continue because I'm glad I like what I do. In academic life, I coordinate a post-graduation course in the Federal University of Sao Paulo in sports medicine. Give me power to, to discuss always every Friday. And also, uh, I am, as you know, in the society, I am today the second vice president of ACL study group. It's also a big responsibility, as you know, as I was president of ISACOS, big responsibility too. And we never can do the things um, slow, uh, lightly. We need to go deeply and really to make the best that we can do as I try to do uh, the, during my presidency in ISACOS, in SLAR, Brazilian Orthopedic Society, etc. You published many articles and you did uh, many scientific works. What motivates you for this uh, scientific paper? What, what, uh, what, what would you recommend to the young uh, colleague now about this uh, scientific work? I think that the paper, the research is, is the way to be recognized of our peers. Nothing is better than to be recognized uh, for from our peers that you good a good did you do a good uh, medicine that you do good researches. And I have always enjoyed the academic career. 
and having several publications resulting, it's not, ju not just me, but result of uh, team working. I prepare the team, I give opportunity to younger people and those younger people grow and keep us in the spotlight. This is the most important. This is my consumer's orientation to everyone. Uh, all of these arguments make us stimulated to study and to, to curiosity to go to go uh, in innovation every single day about any innovation in our field. That's I do. And if I have an idea, or if I go to some congress, I see an idea of Philippe Nere, for example. I try to come here to tell to my residents, to my fellows, and let's study this issue. Let's study about uh, uh, meniscus centralization, about the slope, about the postural medial corner. I mean, uh, I don't discuss anymore the, the things that we have already discussed all those years. We try always to discuss new issues that make me stronger and make me curious to know about the news. So I, I think you are younger and younger, my dear Moises. And we, we all know how much you were close to Freddie. Tell us in which manner Freddie continues to inspire you every day. Uh, my relationship with Freddie was exceptional. It started in 1991, that is more than 30 years ago, after traveling fellowship with a friend from me, from Bahia, Paulinho. In that time, he asked me, look, I have opportunity to go to Pittsburgh. It was in 1989, uh, to spend some time with Freddie Fu, a Chinese guy. I said, Paulo, if it's opportunity, go. But I tell you the truth, I don't know who is this guy. I don't know who is the Chinese guy, pretty fool. Go, go there, see what happened. And uh, when I went to 1991, the first visit to Pittsburgh, and it was very cold, and uh, it borrowed a very, very chic Armani coat to me, to wear because it was cold and I'm not enough uh, close to, to the winter. And we had a very familiar relationship where we were able to spend together uh, the, the Fool's family and Cohen's family in Pantanal, for example, we went to, Pantanal is a, like a forest in the middle of the country, very nice place. Uh, and together our families, went there and had spent one week there and was something unforgettable. Uh, on the other hand, my daughter, Camila, when she was a student, medical student, she went there during one and a half months to spend the time uh, uh, in Pittsburgh with John Howard, with the people there to learn something, to know the service. And that time I asked to the secretary of Fred, look, please, uh, rent an apartment in the hotel to my daughter during one month and try a good price because she spent one month there, one and a half months and some days more. And it was okay. When she arrived in the airport, Freddie Fu himself went there to pick her up. And 
he picked her up to his house and he gave the room of Joyce, uh, his, son, his daughter. She was studying in New York somewhere, a college. And Camille spent there in, in his house, in Fred Fu's house. Every morning, uh, used to send the driver to pick her up to go to university because Fred used in that time riding a bike to go. And afternoon, Camila met him in the office and both together come to, to, to house. And uh, in the second day or the third day, Camila called me, Dad, I'm very ashamed. I don't know what I do. Fred is washing my clothes. I said, I don't know what I say. And really, I tell you, a part of this kindness, a part of this lovely relationship, uh, and Camila was there, she couldn't spend any penny, any penny, really, uh, Freddie, a part of this, this, the relation, the way that she received Camila, and not just her, but to all of us. And actually, Freddie, for me, uh, was one of my mentor, my friend, our brother. And I tell you another, another issue, another thing. When my institute complete 10 years, I prepared a big Congress, a course, not Congress, a course of 10 years in a big hotel here in Sao Paulo. And I invited him. And just one day before, the Hilda's mother, uh, I mean, his mother-in-law died. So I said, no, doesn't matter. I can understand, no problem. I suggested him to record something, but he said, no, I want the record. Okay. So Saturday morning, he arrived to the course, gave a lot of lectures, and Saturday night, you, you, you came back to to United States and from United States to Hong Kong. So it's difficult to explain how was Freddie for me. Those single behavior really make the difference in, in, in our relationship. And you know, uh, actually our friendship was very strong, not just with me, but uh, you and Joyce Preguera and me and Freddie, we called each other brothers. We are four brothers in everywhere, every Congress. We used to have dinner together or drink wines, good wines, because you just used to drink good wines. And that's why it's the good memories that I have of him. And I tell you, we was always turn it on with the radar on, 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 because uh, used in the last uh, year, I think, or years, used to take pictures. So every day, me and you uh, used to receive pictures, nice pictures of the nature, everything that you could do, document and we know where you where he was all over the world. And even one once one week before he died, he was answering the WhatsApp. One week. Probably you also have the same the same behavior as you. I know that it was very strong relationship. That's why Freddie, unforgettable Freddie. I thank him, his friendship for all my life. Really was different, was fantastic. And I could stay here days talking about Freddie. It's, uh, it's true that uh, he was uh, very active. And uh, for the youngest, we used to call him uh, 
uh, one miles a minute. Huh? So he was always uh, in movement. But uh, I know very well uh, your family, uh, uh, Moise Sander. Tell us how you can uh, balance your private life and your professional life, because uh, it's also a very important uh, aspect, I think. Yeah, uh, I tell you, Philip, balance between private life and professional life is not easy. To get the success is not easy. Uh, but I'm not doubt that it's a very important key to the success to have uh, the family life. Uh, it's not easy to get the, 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 the success, but when you have a good familiar structure, it's easier. Uh, in my case, my wife is Telita, that you know very well, uh, always took care of my two daughters during the childhood. And I worked, worked, and she could understand always why I could, I, I come, I came late or why I should go early to work. And uh, I think that I could work a lot really and prepare myself to the future career because she gave me this condition. And uh, many weekends I was on duty and they, Estelita and my two daughters, small ones, uh, spent together with me in the clinic. I could spend almost six months alone, as you told before, in the United States, uh, in MGH and Houston Clinic. And when my daughter was born three years, three years, I was, of course, worried alone, and she took care by herself. So that's why I say that the opportunities don't appear by themselves, Philip but we can, we must create them. And the success to have this balance, we need to have the structure of the familiar, uh, the family, we need to have the structure uh, of your wife. Otherwise, I would say for sure, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, uh, I don't have the success that I honestly, I got all those years. Mm. Uh, I, I can see uh, the love you have for this uh, beautiful family and uh, your daughter and Estelita. Nowadays, uh, there are many concerns about uh, burnout in our profession. It seems you experience the opposite. More you work, happier you are. Tell us. <laughs> I, like, I like to have holiday also. I like to rest. I like to go to my house at the beach, as you know. But... Uh, I'm serious. I don't believe that burnout, that burnout when you do what you like, uh, Philip. On the other hand, I don't know any case of success without hard work. Any, anyone. It's very common for people to say that, oh, this guy, someone is successful because he's lucky. I totally believe with the thinking. And just, I, I say, that's why I say, it's true, but I feel that as much I work, more, more and more, my lucky I have, I am. I mean, my luck increases, but you need to work for that. That's my thinking, it's not just to have, to have lucky, to be lucky to have successful, you need to have work, opportunity, we need to grab the opportunity to work, work and work. That is the key. 
you you will be probably influenced uh, by uh, the profession of your daughter to answer this question but uh, is uh, in your opinion our practice as orthopedic surgeons easier now than 30 years ago philip this question is interesting i'll tell you why if it is easier because of the equipment and technology really make the medicine easier for us in this moment. But on the other hand, the demand of our patients is higher, is greater uh, today than it used to be before. So I have no doubt that the experience of that time give me and today allow me to evaluate better each case uh, to get the best result. But I think that the most important is to practice a good medicine, good practice in our field. Uh, following a thought by Albert Einstein, I say for my, to my residents, to everybody that I like, experience really allows us to be better and better solve problems that appears to us. This is experience. But ideally, the best experience allows us to prevent problems from appearing. That is the best scenario. So to get, to have this experience, we need time. The time and experience we can solve and avoid this, this big problem. So in the past or currently, as I said, good practice must always be followed and respected. Recently, I learned uh, from uh, Christian Gerber, you know, he's a shoulder uh, Swiss yeah, uh, famous surgeon. I, I learned this sentence. I do not believe in transmission of knowledge. I believe in transmission of enthusiasm. Can you comment on this uh, sentence? Uh, I partially agree. Partially agree. I think that in order to teach something to someone, there has to be knowledge. You need to have the knowledge to teach something to someone. Now, if this transmission is done with enthusiasm, everything will be easier and more rewarding. So it's good to have enthusiasm. It's important to have enthusiasm, but you need to, to have knowledge to transmit to someone. During the last uh, Isacos Knee Arthroplasty uh, Forum in uh, Chile, we met, and uh, many colleagues discovered your amazing experience in uh, knee replacement. Would you recommend to your pupils to hyper-specialize the knee surgery or to be an ACL surgeon, a meniscus surgeon, a knee arthroplasty surgeon? Well, what is your approach? Oh, yes. I have no doubt about that. I think that we need to know everything about each joint. Uh, today, I tell you, it's very difficult to, like it used to be before, to know everything, to be updated about all joints, to be the best shoulder, the best knee, the best elbow, the best hip surgeon. I think that's not easy. But if you specialize in any joint, 
In my opinion, this is important to know and to do everything in this joint. Uh, the same patient who one day may be operated for me or for, for, for you, from you, of an ACL or meniscus, for example, injury uh, by arthroscopy, small incision, blah, 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 and came back to sports. But in the future, he may have an osteoarthritis and osteoarthritis may come to you because we have a confidence between the relationship between the patient and the doctor. So they come to look for you and you say, oh, I don't do that. Uh, but doctor, you are not especially in need. No, I'm especially just in meniscus, just in ACL. So I don't like this idea. You need to know how to solve all the problems. It's interesting that older patients tend to look for doctors with some more experience when they need a replacement. That is my, my experience that I, I see every day in my, my office. And why not the same surgeon do the surgery in the same patient when he was young? In Latin America, Philip, this type of behavior and dependence between doctor and patient, this relationship between doctor and patient, uh, I think that is stronger than used to be in the United States. I don't know how it is in Europe. I think that in Europe looks like, uh, looks more like in Brazil and South, South America. Each surgeon will do everything. But United States, we have the replacement guy. He does a hip, he does a, a shoulder, he does knee. And as we know today, how many minimally invasive you do the surgery, best result. And to do it, you need to know the joint. You need to know the anatomy. So I think that everything is a, cost, a cultural issue. But in my opinion, I think that we should do everything in any joint if you are specializing in the joint and not in the replacements. Yes. I, uh, I, uh, I fully agree, Moises, and probably it's very interesting when we treat middle-aged patients also. And uh, I, I, have a, I want to open a new door for, for you. And uh, I'm sure you, you can discuss it during hours, but uh, our time is limited. And uh, this is uh, one of my uh, two last uh, questions. The World Cup has started. And uh, I would like you to tell us about football. Uh, is football just a sport in uh, Brazil? And uh, what does it represent for you? No, actually, uh, football is a very common sport and practice, not just in Brazil, but uh, all over the world. But uh, others are growing a lot. Volleyball, basketball, tennis, uh, they are practicing. Even American football is increasing here in Brazil. Can you imagine that? And uh, the World Cup moves the whole country. The country stops. And I work since a long time in football, as you know, and today I do surgeries in all players of Sao Paulo Football Club and Santos Football Club. And since the base, 14 years old, 15 years old, and I, I really am very impressed in the world what is happening because we have many, many ACLs, lesions in very young people. That's terrible. And I don't know what we can do because the sports is more, more and more competitive. But football is football. Uh, as always I say, is the something that is a passion and we love that. And you, you, you play football also, no? I love that. You know, 
I, I, I pick you up to go with me to the, the field and we, we play football together in, in the Sao Paulo. I love that. Now I'm not the same. Of course, we have age. We have my knee, virus knee, some arthritis in my medial compartment. But it's okay. I'm, I'm trying to, to, to do my best. And uh, now last uh, question. You know, there is uh, some uh, uh, advertising like this uh, in, uh, in France. Uh, family. Isaacos, France, football, Brazil. Moises, what else in your life? Uh, no, family, uh, for me, my family is my treasure, is my richness. I have a wonderful family, a wonderful wife with whom I have been married for 41 years. And uh, I tell you, she made totally the difference in my life, as I told before. Uh, she gave me two brilliant daughters, Camila and Karina. Both of them are orthopedic uh, and he's doing both of them a good, good job. Both uh, are married and uh, they gave me, all, uh, we have two wonderful sons-in-law, both of them, Johnny and Arthur, and the best, the best, the four grandchildren uh, boys aged 11, Pedro, six, uh, Felipe, five, uh, Mario, and three, Rodrigo, years old. So this is really my reason today to work, to live, to enjoy. Uh, that's we love. Really, the family for me, it's the most important. So, Moises, it's uh, time to conclude. I would like uh, to thank you for sharing this uh, very uh, personal uh, uh, approach about uh, life, Isakos, and uh, your family. Uh, it was uh, very interesting, and uh, I learned a lot. I would like also to thank the Isakos uh, member and the audience, and uh, also Michael, who organized this uh, uh, podcast. It was a pleasure to listen to you, and I really hope not only to see you on Zoom or to listen to you, but to meet you very soon in Boston, where we will discuss a round of uh, a glass of white wine about Freddie and all the Isacos of France. Thank you so much for your time, my dear Moises, and all Thank the best. You. Thank you very much. Thank you for the Isacos that allowed me to met uh, to make friends all over the world, and I had many contacts with uh, many important people as you. As uh, I mean, uh, I have friends as you have all over uh, worldwide. This is a privilege. Thank you, and thanks for Isaacs. <laughs>